When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Every time we do this, I feel a little like Schrodinger's cat. Have you met Schrodinger's cat? I have not. Uh, it's the uh, it's a paradox behind quantum physics. Schrodinger's the Schrodinger's cat. That's theorem. probably why yeah. I have not met <laughs> Schrodinger's cat. Uh, the 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 paradox is that uh, according to quantum physics. You put Schrodinger's cat in a box, and then there's another cat in the box. Well, there's another box, an identical box, somewhere else in the world or in the universe. And depending on which box you're looking at at the time, that's the box the cat's in. It's like wow, the cat's is... in two places at the same time. That's deep. Uh, it's too yeah. deep for me. So, so I'm going to let you I take like, it. I mean, I, I was just on one station, that's and true. then I'm on another, that's and true. I don't know how that. And it happened just like that. Like twinkling of an eye yeah hello everyone all of our kvi and podcast listeners out there across the fruited plain this is talking real money the show devoted to talking about real money on the weekend and the show is devoted to you your calls your needs your questions you want answered that's why we're here it's not about us And we have a phone number that makes that easy to do, not just during the course of the program either. You, of course, can call us during the program. We would prefer it. Yeah, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. But you can also just call that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you do that and ask a question, we will answer that question during the podcasts that air the following week. So uh, you call that number and then go check out the podcasts at TalkingRealMoney.com or at Apple Podcast or iHeart or any of those popular podcast services, and we will help you out at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And in the last few hours, Hi. we answered questions on everything for setting up accounts for a son, for an unfortunate uh, rollover of a retirement plan into an expensive annuity. Oh, to, that was uh, so sad. To somebody paying oh. 1.8% management fee. In addition, oh, that to, was sad too. in addition to high expense actively managed funds, in addition to back-end loads on that. You got to like that one. We also had somebody calling oh. and asking about setting up a Roth for a young person. Someone who was gifted some Vanguard funds. That was a very positive call. Okay, of the day. those were the good calls. Yeah, and then we also uh, had a slight disagreement with someone about uh, blockchain, or perhaps no, better known no, as no. Bitcoin. We we didn't argue about block. I don't no. argue about blockchain. No. The, 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 the technology, technology yeah, itself right. makes sense. Yeah, it's just the stupid coins that they've invented using that technology. And I'm going to say that universally. I think well, except for that 11 year old kids quarters. No, I what about the Escobars, the Diet Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Diet, bit, diet Bitcoin. So when uh, they used to say silver or lead, does that play into the... No, that doesn't play into this Bitcoin thing, I guess. So. Same fake money, less filling. <laughs> I see. They, they, they're really good at these these industries where the, the uh, inventory is relatively small and the demand is relatively high. Let's put it that way. They've been very mean, successful as very a family. They're very good at things that... that <laughs> aren't exactly on the up and up yeah maybe but he does know where the bitcoin is buried that you can count on eight five yeah did you watch narcos Mm. of course i i i I think i watched that all over one weekend or something yeah me too it was so good and they buried and and plus it was really good for i was working on my spanish Oh, so perfect for it that. Was really helpful because yeah. they got the subject. About four words they, they said over they and over again. Like, <laughs> they buried billions of yeah. dollars in the woods. I, I still, that's just shocking. But I guess they just ran out of places to put it, right? Had so many dollars, they didn't know what to do anyway. So They couldn't launder enough right, yeah. dollars. I know. 
And now that's why you need Diet Bitcoin. Yes. If you're having trouble, wait, I got another sales pitch. Stand by, go for it. Yeah, go wandering, ahead. If you're having trouble laundering your drug money, we have the answer diet bitcoin feeling a bit overstuffed with those dollars it's diet bitcoin, <laughs> diet bitcoin. the same less filling but the same great taste i just realized that uh, i only have one more show i wasn't going to bring weekend. that up today because i didn't want to see you all weepy about the one fact that you weekend. have to go on a long vacation and not be able to do the show before i go on vacation I, okay now we're gonna get i can hear it in your voice you okay yeah, I'm okay. I could tell. I could okay. tell I you're could going on a nice yeah, trip. Just I'm, relax. I'm getting a little. Actually, no. The reason uh, I'm getting a little weepy. Yeah. The reason I'm getting a little weepy is because I uh, I worked really hard last year to become Delta Diamond. Yeah. I did too. I worked really hard to yeah. become Delta you Diamond. You went. You went on some trip that lasted like 14 straight hours or something. I did. It was <laughs> Whatever ridiculous. It was. I worked really hard. Yeah. And I have. I have the delta global upgrade certificates that you get when you're diamond yeah and i have applied them to my trip mm-hmm. to new zealand and 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 i i want so badly to be upgraded to delta one with I don't the know flat what that seats. Means. Oh, okay. That means, oh, we that stretch means the out because it's a long, it's a long flight. It's a fifteen-hour yeah. flight. Oh. It's almost, it's almost like London to whatever to it is. Yeah, whatever it was they just did. Yeah, mm. and and there are eight seats left in first class in Delta One, and I haven't cleared yet. I'm just bummed. Wait, I don't understand. So you haven't, you haven't, they haven't finalized your application. No, I have a seat. I have two seats. Yeah. Debbie and I have yeah. seats okay. in, in yeah. Delta Comfort. Mm-hmm. But we've put in for an upgrade yeah. to Delta One right. based on those certificates. But they have to wait to see if anybody buys them? Well, no. Here's how it works. It, yeah. What they do is they have people there who are... Th- I think they actually sit around the office with their fingers crossed. <laughs> Please. Come on. It's a 15-hour flight. I'm crossing everything. We're, yeah. They're going, we're hoping to sell these $4,000 tickets. Of Come on. Yeah. So I'm going to ask all of you, if you're thinking about Don't. flying from Do L.A. It. to Sydney uh, a weekend on the 11th of, 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 uh, 11th of April, take another flight, darn it. <laughs> So if they don't sell those seats, you're in line. You don't know where you are in line. I, well, I think I know because I have global upgrade and I'm diamond and I'm Delta Reserve. I believe I'm probably like number one or two in line. Okay. Well, we will. Front of the line. So I am things. just hoping those last eight seats, because that's a long oh, flight. Oh, man, that is. I Honestly, my heart of hearts, I don't know. I'd have to take like Ambien or something. I couldn't sit there that long. Oh, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm yeah, calling would, the doctor next week. I would have to. Ooh, that's I'm a calling long the doctor next week. Way. Oh, but you know what's cool is that because Virgin Australia messed up my flight coming back, I'm flying Emirates. That's supposed from, to be nice. From Christchurch to Sydney. Uh, on a on an A three eighty, really? You and eight hundred of your closest friends, exactly. or whatever it is. I I still can't believe they put that many people on a plane unless they're transporting yeah. them to war or something. It's uh, crazy. I think Emirates. It's only like six hundred. Oh god! Just how long does it take to get everybody off and on? I don't know. It's a big big plane. That is huge. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a two full two stories, right. not yep. like the old seven forty seven, where it's like part of it. yep. a plane yep. with a with like a tumor. That was on it. Top. Yeah, no, this is two stories the whole way. Uh, yeah, and you want to be on the top story, wait. from what I understand. I have to tell you, I'm really excited because Emirates service it's supposed is to be supposed second to, be to none. Yeah, off I agree. The charts yeah, I agree. good. Yeah. Um, so I'm really thrilled. Well, about we're happy Emirates. that you're making the trip. Don works very hard. You hear his voice rarely. We never see him in the office. No, but that's by intent. And yeah. but he's they working don't all the time. There. No, they don't. <laughs> That's a whole Honestly, other. We don't have time on this show for there. all that. So anyway, we hope it's a great it's time. And yes, I will hope that you get the upgrade you and so deserve. Let, let's see. After that show, mm-hmm. the week after, it's going to be you and Paul Merriman. Yeah, then, right? Paul. No, actually, the no. week of the. I think the first one's the fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm Larry Swedro is going to come on for a bit, and then I've got a uh, an attorney who does a lot of securities work. He's going to come on for a bit. But over here, you're going to have a best of, aren't you? On Yeah, on KVI, we'll on do KVI. the best of on the 14th. And then the 21st and 28th, Paul Merriman and I will do the full three hours, assuming he can stand up and take it for three hours. I I, I may just not come back. I may just That's like it. New Zealand it's so over. much, I'm just going to stay. <laughs> Who could blame you? Who could blame you? I don't you know. 
I uh, want to give you the number again, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Uh, by the way, just once again, uh, we want to talk about the volatility in the stock market. No, we don't. Because we do. We have to. Okay. We just want to mention it. We want to address it because it is the the elephant in the By room. By the way, of, of all the calls we just got on Como, not one person asked us about that. Yeah, but I know they're thinking about it. Okay. Because I know. because a globally diversified stock portfolio did lose 1.3% during the last three months. That that's is nothing. I know, but you're, so that, you're the one who raised it. I think that's nothing. If you had Well, your, no, but the reason I bring it up is because people look at things like the Dow 30 and well, they see, you know, 5% losses. And, and, but not and in the you, quarter. It was one and a half for the, the quarter. One for the, the no, Dow was no, one and a half? No, pardon me. The Dow was two and a half, I believe, for the quarter. Yeah, yeah two and a half Mr. for the quarter. You're Mr. Numbers Guy. You've taken over the role, by the way, in the show of Paul Merriman. And playing none, Paul Merriman, but small Paul cap, Merriman today will be Tom Cox. But emerging small cap value did make 2.5% during that time, Don. So you got that going for you. But REITs, I they hope, lost 4.5%. Paul doesn't know we do a show on KVI, so he's not listening to you making fun of him. I'm not making fun of him. I'm kind of kindly mocking him him. i don't know kindly mocking (laughs) i don't know (laughs) you notice i don't make fun of the escobars because you know they have kind of a long reach i'm not going there i'll let you do that so good luck i do that i I take that on because i'm hard to find (laughs) it's true you are i'm really hard to find good luck finding me (laughs) i hide i'm hiding that's why i'm not in seattle i just hide out seller somewhere 855-935-TALKS, the number 855-935-8255. Okay, so you want to mention volatility. So if most people have a typical portfolio, typical is 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, that portfolio lost. Lost a shocking eight-tenths of 1% during the previous quarter. Come on. Really? Did that really worry you? I mean, there were days it looked bad, right? It went way up. In January, it went way down in february then it came way back up again went back down it kind of yeah and that's called volatility that's what's supposed to happen and that's why we suggest you build portfolios that take into account volatility that's the for example the 60 40 or the 70 30 or the 50 50 portfolios take into account your ability to handle that volatility they they mean though this is the, this is really what i want to get the the main point i want to get to if you are diversified there is no way short of an asteroid strike or a chinese uh space station no <laughs> even that soon. won't do it yeah which won't do it there's no way you can lose all your money if you're not playing with the market you can't lose all your money this is not like bitcoin folk i was going to say valiant but okay Valiant Pharmaceuticals yep. or Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin went from $19,000 to seven. Individual stocks do provide that opportunity to lose all your money. They do. That's they why do. we they... don't recommend you own them. If you look at your 401k or you looking, you're looking at your investment accounts and you see individual stocks in there, that is a clarion call for you to start working on a plan to sell those stocks. And I don't care what the market's doing. I would tell you to do that if the market was up, down, sideways, volatile, non-volatile, doesn't matter. You need to be out of those individual stocks and you need to be diversified. That's the only way this is going to work. 855-935-TALK is our number. That's 855-935-8255. You need a little help dealing with money? We're right here for you all the time. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 855-935-8255. Tom and Don are talking real money. In addition to the Talking Real Money podcast, I also do another podcast that's very popular over at Apple Podcasts. It's called Money 30. Every day I try to educate and inform you about money in a brief two to four minute podcast so check them out at apple podcasts or all the other podcast services or at money30.com your guides to a really great financial future tom and don are talking real money hello again welcome back 855-935-TALK is our phone number 855-935-8255 we are talking about your life and your money and how you can make more money by doing these things right. Managing your money right, understanding how investing works, and 
also, of course, paying no attention to a guy who writes books and predicts stuff all the time. Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Please. Mr. Potato Chip guy. Harry Dent. Potato chips? That was his theory like around 1999. You follow the sale of potato chips. And when they're going up, things look great. But when, as we all start to get older, we buy fewer because we realize that's not the best thing to eat. Uh, high right. fat potato. That was one of his big things. It was like 1999, I want to say. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I, no, you're absolutely. I heard right. him speak. As a, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, Harry back in 1994 predicted a huge economic boom, and that was where he made his made a name for himself. Right. Was with with the book The Great Boom Ahead. That's right. But later on, he followed that up. In January of 2009. Now, what happened in February of 2009, Tom? I, I think the market bottomed out, right? February right. or and March. And it started yeah. doing what? Going up. Like mad. Yeah, And a it's lot. been going up pretty much ever since. Indeed. Well, right about the bottom of the market, Harry came out with a uh, huge best-selling new book called The Great Depression Ahead, How to Prosper in the Crash. That didn't happen. Now what's Harry, he selling? Harry has since had a number of those books uh, about depressions and crashes. And then, then, uh, but, oh, what was funny, he wrote a book in 1999 called The Roaring 2000s. That's right. <laughs> what did they call, what did they call the 2000s? The Lost Decade. Well, yeah, that one didn't work out so well. By the for way, Harry for me, either. the 70s and 80s were more the lost decades, not the 2000s. For, but that's another that was matter. For totally different reasons. Mm. You had no money then. Well, that's true as well, of course. Well, Harry, I wasn't a rich stockbroker the way you were in the 80s. No, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know how that happened. Okay. Harry uh, publishes a, and I got to do air quotes here. Yes. Newsletter. Newsletter, how much newsletter called? No, it's free. It's economic and markets daily. It's Mm. in the upper right hand corner. It calls itself advertorial. Yeah, it's a serious advertorial. Mm. It's not an editorial. Advertorial. He's now predicting a crash in gold. He's never gone there before. This is new. If he, this is Harry. Harry will just keep predicting things until he gets something right. So he's seen gold going down recently, and he's saying that by mid two thousand eighteen, I want you all, I want you all to mark this down on your calendar. Today we told you that gold is going to be in the seven hundred dollars, seven hundred dollar per ounce range by mid twenty eighteen. How can he do this? Because he can say anything he wants. It's a free world. He can speak, say whatever he wants. So he's predicting gold is going to go down, and he tells you to uh, to buy. What is he telling you to buy? Yeah. What do you? What do you? Where do you move the money? Is the alternative? I don't know because I have to watch a video. Millions of investors will soon be devastated. This may must be the name of a new book: Safe Asset Slaughter. Ooh. And he, it's all Ooh. for him. It's been all about the demographics. That's why I mentioned the potato chips because as we get older, then we're going to be consuming less. As we get older, we're going to need the money that we've invested. There's all kinds of predictions that say that will push stock prices down. And but there's nobody who can predict what direction no. stock prices are going but to go. Harry Harry keeps predicting it. Oh, his latest book. I just found it. It's zero hour zero hour and whatever he's pitching in it that i haven't read i guess i'm gonna have to now that i did this well you got 15 hour flight to land down under yeah Yeah. um it's called zero hour he claims that whatever this is it will create more millionaires than bitcoin legalized pot or penny stocks ever could i thought he was gonna say combined come on I don't know. Proven strategy, wealth faster than you ever imagined. Yeah. These are the kind of things, this is the epitome of what is wrong with financial advice in America. All of these people are pitching all of these systems. AAII does it. 
the American Association of Individual Investors, a, a, a group that has investors in their name, picks stocks, pitches a stock speculative newsletter. This is the deal. They pitch these newsletters, these books, these things, and none of them can do anything like what they claim, but you want so badly to have someone tell you what to do and tell you what the future will bring that you're willing to blow your money on this stupidity. Stupidity. That's it? That's, That's all it. you got? I wanted to share the Harry Dent story. Well, I love so, sharing Okay, Harry so I'll make sure story. I'm clear on this. He has a new book. Right. Okay. And he's again predicting the end of the market or whatever, major decline. Well, no, the end of the safe Oh, I see. Okay, so gold, silver, silver. I don't know what else is safe. Bonds are in there. He is actually. I just read a little further. Uh, Oh yes, he doesn't believe that cryptocurrencies are a fraud. Maybe that's it. (gasps) Yes, he's pushing cryptos. So you take all your money out of gold and run right over and put it in cryptos. Yes, that's what it is. He's pushing cryptos. Nice, Harry. It just whatever way the wind blows, that's yeah. the way Harry blows. Yeah, it's frustrating because he's, I think, here's what happens generally that we see. Somebody like Harry comes along, makes a prediction. There's the guy in Montana, too, I forget his name. He always has a new prediction. Jim somebody. But anyway, they have predictions. You hear them, and you hear them enough, and there's something that happens in the news that's, that makes it, aha, see? That's just what, that's, he was right, that's what's going to happen, and then you react to that. You either move your portfolio from stocks to bonds. You buy gold. You do whatever thing feels good at that moment. And then that does not perform up to what you believe, and then you make another move. This is what we people have this tendency to chase ideas. They have a portfolio full of ideas instead of diversified stocks and bonds and not trying to be predictive of what the next six months or six years will bring. Jim Stack. That's it. Yeah. That's who you're talking yeah, um, about. Yeah, Jim Stack's latest prediction. And he manages $1.3 billion oh. for people, even though he's made lots of bad predictions. Uh, in January, he said we're in another housing bubble. Well, Sam Zell, Equity Group oh. investment founder, told See, us. See, look, it started playing. I'm re- I hate about- it when websites start <laughs> playing. Well, Sam Zell got a quick pitch in there. That was good. That was that's Bloomberg. Bloomberg, I hate it that your website starts playing when I'm reading something. Stop it. Annoying. So yeah, Jim. St- so we're in a housing bubble. We're in a housing bubble. Okay. All right. He may you be know, right. By place, the way, I don't know. The only place in the country where I can see the possibility of a housing bubble is the Seattle area. Well, it, I mean, anytime you what if we led the country three years in a row? I mean, month by month, three years in a row. That's, Tell somebody in Overland Park, Kansas, right, there's yeah, a housing yeah. bubble, or Wichita, or Valparaiso, Louis. Indiana. I mean, yeah, Valpar- <laughs> they're going to go. Uh, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Prices have gone up. Let me see. Went up in twenty years. Yeah, went up one point seven percent last year. I mean, really went crazy. No, not going to happen. There is no. Bubble. But here, yeah, I I would concur. And 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 here's another mistake I see people make along the way here because I have friends. Sadly, people that I really like—I know there's a couple. Uh, oh, I think it's, it's a—it's well, it's a forced friendship because their child likes my child. But the the point is this: <laughs> they want to, for example, cash out some of their retirement savings and pay the tax and pay the penalty so that they can buy a house because they see everybody else owning a house and watching the prices go up. And I keep saying. You can't buy that. That already happened. The next segment may be straight down. We don't know. This is one of the things we, t- we have talked a lot about on this program is housing should be a lifestyle decision. Housing should be something that you can afford in your lifestyle, and it should be where you want to live, and it, it works for work and all those things. It shouldn't be, I'm going to buy a house so I can get rich like everybody else has over the last eight years. That's what it should not be. As a matter of fact, the numbers are are are, are against buying know, a house. I know. They're just totally against it. We are creatures of our immediacy, yeah. of whatever recency, surrounds recency, us. Recency. Recency. Bias. Yeah. We, we, as baby boomers, upped the, the demand, that demographic shift that mm-hmm. Harry Dent talked about, the increase in the potato chip sales. We increased the demand for houses. Therefore, we caused the price to go up. Therefore, uh, the, the, the oldest of the baby boomers, the ones older than us, yeah. 
were able to some extent to profit from this but the reality is most people are not going to make money after inflation with a house and the numbers bear that out going back and and we're big believers in the more data the better data going back over a hundred years the data says you make about three tenths of a percent a year over inflation well and i i la- the only reason i'm laughing is because i had lunch with my brother for his birthday the other day and he's Done well for himself, has a, a very expensive house uh, in a w- high-demand area of Seattle. And he said, and it's going to go up another 40% over the next five years. I said, well, how, how, do you, how, how would you know that? How does he know that? Because there's a big company moving in close and all these. I said, you have, I said I'm going to stop you there. There is absolutely no idea. And in fact, if you really look at the numbers, I would suggest it's going to go down. Because anytime something gets parabolic the way it's been here, shh. Tend, things tend to go the other direction. That's and just people, what's happened. Uh, you know, companies can move into an area, yeah. uh, and they can also move yeah. out of an area. And they've kind of been known to do that. Well, and there's a well-known local company that has decided to put a lot of people in another place because they're having trouble getting all the office space they need here. Wichita? Rather large. They haven't decided yet. It's oh. you know who I'm talking about. Amazon. I know who of you're talking yeah. about. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Well, it, another big Seattle Wichita, company. Yeah. Year, another Carolina. Big Seattle company, yeah. year, years ago, said we cannot afford right. to build planes. All of our planes in Seattle. It's just yep. too expensive. Mm-hmm. And because uh, the it's a it's a pricey place to live. It the is Seattle a area very is a expensive pricey place yeah. to live. It is, yeah. So they said, "Gee, look at Charleston. What a lovely community." I saw somebody paying sixty dollars the other night for parking before the Mariner game. Sixty dollars, six, six zero, zero dollars. dollars. Yeah. Huh. I thought Disney was high yeah. at twenty-two dollars. That's 60 crazy. Plus. Sixty bucks. Yep. That's insane. Eight five five nine three five. Talk is the number. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Keeping the podcast breaks as painless as possible is my goal. That's why I want to very quickly tell you about the only magazine I've ever heard of that is 100% real investing all the time. There's no business news, no speculative advice, and certainly no lifestyle stuff. It's called Real Investing Journal. I publish it every quarter, and you can get two full years for only 25 bucks at realinvestingjournal.com. That's realinvestingjournal.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. 855-935-TALK. 855-935-8255. The other day, Market Watch. You've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Published a list of the eight most popular money and investing books ever. Ever? Ever. Wow, let me see the if I can even popular. name one. Yeah, I bet wow. you can name one. I, uh. I've got the eight sitting right here in front of me. I've read one, two, really, one, two, three. I've read three of them, three of the eight. Is Bogle one of them? I read some of the other ones. Bogle's Little Book of Common Sense Investing. Bing, 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 bing. That's like a decade old, maybe 12, 13 years. Yeah, it's about 10. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how they reviewed it. Hold on a minute. We'll we'll start right there. Little Book of Common Sense Investing. It's not my favorite book by him, by the way. Don't count on it. It's my favorite. Uh, Market Watch's editors uh, gave it three stars. Oh, they yeah, said of it course. was Yeah, because they're all market yeah. timers. All right, let's see if you can get another one. Wow. I bet you can. Ooh. There's a very, very popular one, uh, uh, very popular with people. I'm going to give you a big hint. People like Warren Buffett. I've never read any of his stuff. Benjamin Graham? I did. I never. I never read. Uh, and I know they republished Intel- it a few years ago. But I did intelligent not read, investor. I, yeah, I did not read that either. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. Intelligent investor yeah. by by Benjamin Graham. Because they did the forward. update. They did the update like four or five years ago, right? Yes. Yeah. With a forward by by Warren Buffett. No. No. Jason Zwag. Jason Zwag, of course. Yeah. Who we whose work we greatly respect and think you should read weekly in the Wall Street Journal, except this week when apparently he's out on the egg roll. So. Now the uh, the intelligent investor is uh, actually a pretty good book on value investing. Mm -hmm. It's buying undervalued assets, but it's not a way that we would suggest any individuals invest. Well, this so, is because so you, you got to go pick the stocks, right? You got to yeah. pick which which companies are are undervalued. We think that you use a mathematical equation developed by Nobel Prize winning academics instead to own thousands of undervalued companies, 
and hold those for long periods of time. So there's no trading, there's no picking of stocks, and there's no sort of securities analyzation. I'll put it that way. Or securities analysis. Pardon me. That's okay. It could be analyzation. <laughs> I didn't it's even know that It's been a long a two and a half hours. What can you it say? It really has. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a hint on another one. Oh, boy. I could just go to the article and look at it myself. No, no, no. All it's right. more fun this way. Hmm. Oh, gosh. Idiot's it's Guide a... to Mutual Fund Investing? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Um, it's, uh, it, it, uh, Jason Zweig loves this book, too. Well, I love Your Money and Your Brain, but I know that's not one of the yeah, most popular no, books that's not of all one time. Of I don't, your, I money also, or your, your money or your life is one of them. Yeah. I've never I, even heard Vicky I've heard of it. Yeah, I know it, but I, it, I've never read it. And they say it's just really basically dumb. Yeah. Random walk down Wall Street. Oh, of course. Burton, Burton Malkiel. Malkiel. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's a terrific book. Yeah, that is a great book. Then there's one, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, which is just stupid. It's a six-week program to get rich. It's one of those self-help, cheery on, rah-rah books by Ramit Sethi. Why are you so down on the rah-rah thing? Come on. I hate it. I hate inspirational <laughs> motivational garbage oh you know it's it's all platitudes well it's and, generally kind of common sense i mean if you you know yeah. get up early every morning go to work okay to work. check right. that box that's, that's a good one <laughs> okay. and that's like the other one that the other big popular book of that kind is the millionaire next yeah, door millionaire, which which is a very good book by the way it is Really? I think because I think it here's what I see below your means, and but here's what I see: a lot of people do that for a time, and then they get into a job that pays them, in today's world, a quarter million dollars, just for sake of argument. Mm-hmm. They allow their their spending to ratchet up with that to the point where they're not saving, where they are outspending what they take in, and I I do see this regularly. All right, people come in our office, there. so there's I'll some value that. there. That yeah, the the lessons to argue. I don't like. I think in the book they do talk about paying off your mortgage early, which generally is not a good financial decision. Right. But and then there is this is a very popular this is a very next popular book. Yeah, Boglehead's Guide to Investing. Yeah, that's a good one. That's actually a pretty good book. That mm-hmm. got pretty good reviews across the board. And finally, I, I've, I've, I've done to the, the eighth, written by the most popular money host on radio. Jim Cramer? On radio? On radio. Wow, I should know this. Yes, he's uh, he's a Southerner. He's a Southerner. He's got a bit of an accent. Uh, uh, the, the other Jim no, Dave Ramsey. Dave, Dave Ra- Ramsey. Damn Ra- Dave Ramsey, of course. <laughs> Damn of course. Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Damn, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for that one. It's the Total Money Makeover yeah. by Dave Ramsey. Again, which is you know kind of the common sense stuff. Get out of debt. Oh, and, gee, get uh, out of debt. Yeah. Then, but the, here's the Dave Ramsey problem. Yeah, he's got one. He's good right up to get out of debt. Yeah. Is, then is, he crosses I'm, the line into utter stupidity. When he starts telling you to invest with his people, which, by the way, they used to be called, oh, what were they, they called? They had to change all this due to uh, regulatory concerns, I believe. Oh, yeah, you think he was going to be in trouble with yeah. the SEC. So he was handing people endorsed... like you off to him, yeah, and then they were selling you products, and he was getting well, no, part of the deal. Right. Yeah. He was, he through his endorsed local provider That's network. It. Endorsed for local, it, ELPs, yeah. For stockbrokers stockbrokers would sign up with him and then he would basically get a piece of the action he'd get paid for every client he sent them which according to the securities and exchange commission puts him in a in the in the relationship of a solicitor yeah you gotta be licensed he had he would have had to register as an investment advisor which i can guarantee you dave doesn't want to do that yeah because it would require that he actually acts in, act in people's best interest, and that would mean that he had to. He would have to stop. Dave loves loaded mutual funds. Yeah, he, and he also doesn't he still have a fund where he tells people he made like fourteen percent a year for some long he period of time. Swears. I'd love to know you, what fund that is. If you own a growth fund, a growth and income fund, and that's it, you will make twelve percent per year. What year? He says. I, <laughs> No, that's what just years? the long term. That's the oh, long term. You'd, made, you would be, you'd make 12% per year. You'd wow. make 12%. Okay. And, and and you're going to, of course, get a stockbroker who has the heart of a teacher. The heart of a teacher. The heart of a, of a commissioned salesperson <laughs> is what they have, Dave. 
The heart of a used car Yeah, so he, dealer, he did Dave. switch that, but I don't know what he switched it to. I mean, I don't know the relationship today uh, because I know he no, had now, to make the change. No, now the ELP program, yeah. oh my gosh, people, people hate it because the, the brokers hate it because it's now called the, oh gosh. Don't they have to pay a they, big fee just to be part of it now? Smartvester, right. Now yeah. they just pay a fee to be yeah. a part of it, and you just become one of the many smart vesters out yeah. there. Uh, and they hate that. The reviews of this by the stockbrokers have been horrible. Oh. They say, well, I'm paying you a lot of money and I'm not getting any clients. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's yeah. the way it works. Yeah. If Dave's not getting a kickback. So uh, Dave's investing advice stinks. Yeah. So basically, here's the thing. And I have done a lot of research on investing books. They're They're hard to come by. Well, no, they're not hard. There are a lot of them. But a good, good one, one is hard to No, that's to a come different by. matter. A different matter, yeah. Yeah, it's either... Okay, well, you just, give us your top five. I, I don't have any. Oh, come on. You've got your no. book. Well, but mine is not as good as I'd like it to be. Yeah, I have to I know. rewrite we're, we're, it. And we, have a, we will have a new one out by the end of the year. Yeah, we will. We've committed to doing and that. I ho- and I, I hope that, that, that this one will be better than, than uh, talking than uh, financial physics. I think it will. I think but, it will be. And I, I tell you what, and you're going to laugh... What? What's I still like live it up without outliving your money. I do. It's, I do. It's, I agree. It's I got agree. enough that's... in there on oh. the detail of asset allocation, that kind of then that's by Paul Merriman. I don't think it's in print anymore, but maybe you can get a copy of it somewhere. I do like the uh the smartest investment book you'll ever read. That Dan Solon? Dan Solon, yeah, smartest Dan. investment yeah. book and the smartest portfolio you'll ever own. Those are both very very good books that are easy reads. Yeah really do put things in dan and dan is a very good writer i think dan's a very good writer larry swedro i used to like larry's books i'm reading his new one now and it's it's he just it's too technical yeah and he's we're back into the a lot of the things that i i struggle with a little bit of alternative investments and lending programs and all kinds of stuff that that uh that, that are problematic so i that i worry about so anyway i mean but larry's writing is very good and he's written nine books i believe so um it's worth it's worth paying attention to oh yeah no absolutely so those are good okay do you what do you have any others you know i was hmm again it depends on the audience i mean it depends on what you're after i'm just talking about investing books just Just great uh, investing books no matter what the audience truly great read a lot of books i you know when i had the tv show i'd read i'd read 20 a year because all those people would come through and and give you their book yeah they send them to you yeah so you read them ah that is really hard. I, you know, I like. I think Christine Benz wrote a pretty good basic book. I can't remember the name of it oh, now. I'm gonna have to look that one up now. And then uh, who was the other? Because um, I interviewed her. I, I'd have to. I'd have to dig a little oh, bit. Oh, thirty minute money solution. Yeah, it's pretty easy and it's pretty. I just like it straightforward. Now, again, when you get into the details, sometimes on her portfolios don't like her portfolios because she has some active management stuff in there but but again the book itself but you have to consider the source in this case though because she's with morningstar and morningstar still even though they're they're getting it and they've done multiple studies where they show that active doesn't work they still make so much money off of active fund managers that they have a very difficult time focusing separating yeah separating the wheat from the chaff as it were so I and that's the book. case with a lot of people. You ask ask an editor at ask Jason Zweig at the Wall Street I, Journal. Oh, and I guess I mentioned that book. I love that book because I think it really tells the story about you can think you're the smartest person in the world and you could have great advice from people, but your brain is working against you all the time. And you gotta figure out a way to fight that off. The Here's book tells the problem, a story. Though. Neuroscience. I love that book. Yeah, here's the problem, though, is that uh, even if people read it, they're not going to see themselves in it because we have this nasty tendency, which is, by the way, in the book, to uh, believe we are not an average person, that we are the ones who are above average and are therefore far better able to control our emotions and make intelligent decisions above than all average, those other What is people. it? Above average drivers, above average above, lovers, above average yeah. investors. It's all right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And, and no, that's <laughs> definitely me. I mean, oh, no. Yeah. I, I, it goes without I, saying. Come on. I, I'm all of those yeah, things. Yeah. Right. So anyway, it's 
Yeah. No, I like that one because I think it's honest. I think I think that it gets into the the minds of people in a way that most of the books don't. They're just designed to sort of throw the stuff out there and you got to figure it out. I like that. Yeah, me too. I uh, want to give you the number again in case you want to sneak in. 855-935-TALK is our number. 855-935-8255. Give me a call. Give Tom a call. Give us a call. And if you can't call during the show and the spirit moves you to call later, uh, call that number anytime. 855-935-TALK. And then we'll answer those questions during our podcast that uh, I post during the course of the week. So check it out. Tom and Don are talking real money. We mentioned 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255 throughout the podcast. But you need to know that you can call that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Leave your question, and those will be answered in special Talking Real Money podcasts that will appear on this particular site in the future. So give us a call, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Boy, and I checked. Those tickets are going fast. We are down to 40 seats left for Retire Meet North and Everett on May 5th. So I don't want you to be left out at the end. This is what happens is people call and say, this happens. It happens every time we do a Retire Meet. People call like in the last two weeks when we've sold out and they go, can I still get some tickets? And we go, no, it's sold out. So don't get left out. Get your tickets right now. Go to retiremeet.com, retiremeet.com. And Paul Merriman's going to be at this one. Yeah, and Paul's excited to, to join us for this. I mean, this is uh first time we've been in the sort of North Puget Sound area. Most of the time we've done Bellevue. We did Bellevue and we did Tacoma. So your chance to, to visit with us if you live, you know, Mount Vernon, Marysville, Everett, all those places would be much more Canada. Convenient. Canada. Can, you can come down, come down from Canada. <laughs> Not easily, but you can come down from Canada. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's close Everett's closer than uh than 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 uh, uh Bellevue. Yeah. You're so. well well done on your geography. Thank well you. Well I, I pride myself on my ability to read a fine map. <laughs> well you have a connection to maps, that's for sure. Since, so, yeah, since I was in the map business yeah. for a very long time. I was going to let you go there, not me. So, I, Hey, I like the eclectic nature of my background. I, well, I, I like the maps. I mean, I've got a couple of them in my house. I finally, I finally took the one that you gave so, me that had been mm-hmm. hanging downstairs in my wife's office. I fi- she was gone the other day. I finally took you, that one. You, you had I took the guts it. to take it I out? I took it, and here's After what I all re- these years? And you know what I replaced it with? A fake version. No, <laughs> that would have been a good idea. No, she got me for, for Christmas a, a picture I still don't understand. It's like three feet by two feet of a picture of me on television 15 years ago. She got oh. me that, and I was and I tried to give it to her. I tried to give it to my stepdaughter. She Nobody tried to break it. it. Yeah. I tried to give it to other people. They're like, what? That's weird. So I took the map that you gave me, which I love because it's like early Seattle or it's, something. Or no, that's the it's the Washington no, map, Washington, yeah, Oregon Territory. That, that is an original map. It's very cool from 1862, yeah. hand colored. Yeah, I love it. Of the Washington, Washington Oregon Territory. Territory. Yeah, Oregon yeah. Territory. So I took that and I put the picture that she gave me of me up in place of it. Now she has not been downstairs. <laughs> I don't think to see it yet. So I have not incurred the wrath as Where of yet. did you put your old map? I, I hid it away. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna take it to the office because I love that uh, map. So, oh yeah, that'd yeah. look good in the office. That would, that would anyway, look in the yeah, office. I love that. Anyway. So yeah, yeah you, I, the map business was, is interesting one. I well I and this has nothing to do with money, but who cares? Oh of course it does. Everything well, it does. as you said at one has point something has to do with yeah, money. Right. I was just going through as an exercise because you know I'm getting old. Yeah, and I, I as an exercise, I wanted to see everything that I did, all of the jobs. Wow, for which I have gotten paid in yeah. my life. Okay, I actually wrote them down. I think I have a pretty eclectic list too. By the way, I've been, yeah, in chronological order. Let's see if I can remember. Wow, because I I don't have the list here. Mm-hmm. In chronological order. I have been a lawnmower a i a snow shoveler i got paid for the both of those that's last paper year boy paper boy yeah that, this is this was the year before last <laughs> yeah, okay. when they still had papers exactly paper boy bus boy mm-hmm. bus boy 
Um, oh, too many. Anyway, well, really uh, okay. My first though. job was more unusual. I was I was a door to door holly salesman. That's right, Holly Jolly Holly. Company. Yep. And you know that made me remember one that I forgot to put yeah. on my list mm-hmm. when I was in third grade. Yeah. Oh gosh. My, you set up the first Bitcoin. When I was in third grade, okay. my mother got into multi-level marketing. Shocker. With a company called Swipe. I don't remember that. Which one. was a blue cleaner, and their slogan was "I like Swipe." Mm. And I asked her, being the precocious lad I was. If I could sell, it was a door-to-door sales gig. And I went door-to-door. At that age? At 10 years old. Wow. Selling Swipe. I actually made money. I don't remember how much, but I do. When you're 10 years old, you're cute. Yeah. And people are going to buy from you. you To me, they looked old. They were probably in their 30s. (laughs) Really old old women. These old women in their 30s would go, oh, yes, of course I'll buy Swipe from you, little boy. <laughs> so I forgot I sold Swipe. So I did I did the Holly Jolly Berry Company, and then I was a camp counselor. Wait a minute. And then I invent, was a janitor. Did you invent that name? or I got to probably or? be on Probably was my... So I'll tell you the story. We, we moved to a house that had a holly tree that was about nine miles tall. And I think it was my dad's idea. Okay. When, how old were you? I was like 10. Yeah, it's like a thirty-two-year-old woman looking yeah, like exactly. a grandma. And I was going, yeah. and so my dad said, "My dad said there'd be a lot of I people." I can't get to the top, Dad. <laughs> and my and my dad said there'd be a lot of people who would love to have sprigs of holly to decorate their homes at, at the holidays. And I said, "Yeah, you're right." So he said, "Why don't you go around the neighborhood, take orders?" So I did that. I was like eleven. Did he go out and clip the holly off for you? We clipped the holly. I then delivered the holly and collected the money. Did you wrap it up or anything? Oh, yeah. Cute, Ooh, yeah. It? Eh, it wasn't too cute, but it was wrapped up. Yeah. All right. And we did that. And I did that for a while. I, and I was a camp counselor. I got paid for that. I was then, I was a janitor for a time. And I had my own janitorial business for a time doing three offices when I was a kid. You are Mr. Entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. Dude. So I did that. I, so I've had a number of things. Some have worked and some haven't. I mean, people always say, well, you're very successful. Eh, not always. There was things, not always. There was things I did that didn't work but so well. There, so therein lies the key to being an entrepreneur: the ability to fail gracefully. I'd like to think that that were true, but I don't know. I mean, well, or to fail, yeah. and get up. Well, you that's know, to true. Fall yeah. flat yeah. on that's your true. face, yeah. and it be the near end of the world, and get up. Dust yourself off and go, let's try something else. Yeah. That didn't work. Let's try this. I mean, in the I toughest can't... business I ever had was this business. The investment business? No, the radio business. Oh, oh, this business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you owned a station, yeah. that's hard. Oh. Radio and plus you were in you were in the beginning of the decline. Oh yeah, it was over. Really of, yeah. of AM radio. Oh yeah. Uh AM radio is only now having a bit of a renaissance mm-hmm. with the decline of FM radio. Yeah, FM I mean, I had an AM and an FM, but I mean, it was it was very tough. What did you program on the FM? It was a music format. We had we had DJs See, a whole bit. It was crazy. Spending way too have, much money. Music formats have got to be getting killed by the Spotify's and the Apple Music and the Pandoras and the you know the satellite radios and it's just got to be tough to. I agree. Program music in I that agree. environment. Yeah. I'd, I'd be putting talk on all my FMs if I had yeah. them. Just do talk. Well, I mean, talk. the number one station in our town here, I believe, is on the FM dial, and it is uh, a, a national talk, I mean, NPR, I believe. Oh, yeah, 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 the public radio. Yeah. And there's another area. And again, we're running. We're going to run out of hour. Nobody called. It's the holidays. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> so now you're going to tell a more obscure story? Well, no, I love. I just it's interesting how public radio in an era where they're talking about less funding for public broadcasting right. has has really done well. Oh, it's done very well. Now that they have discovered this, but see, they discovered the right niche. It used to be that public radio was a hodgepodge. And as with your portfolio, and look how I make a segue there, I just tie them together. Like with your portfolio, you need to have a focus. Mm-hmm. Your portfolio needs to have 
all the pieces need to work together in your portfolio. And public radio used to have, they would play classical music on the weekend. That's right, yeah. They, you know, they'd play some goofy guy doing Big a show. Big band the, era, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, the whole whatever. thing. Yeah. Now, though, they focused on news and talk. News in and depth talk. In-depth talk. Really yeah. in-depth yeah. talk and mm-hmm. really in-depth news and and the telling of stories. Though Some of my favorite shows are the storytelling shows like Radio Lab. And this American Life, uh, th- those—that's th- what radio. By the way, that's what radio used to be mm-hmm, back in the old days. Yeah, yeah. And 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 public radio has made it that again. And and it's going to be interesting because I believe, I honestly believe, we're going to start seeing uh, for-profit stations start to take the path of telling stories, of of having really compelling hosts who tell a story and you see some of it out there now it's not it's not prevalent because it's caller driven it's quick you move on to the next thing and people are scared that that, that uh, the programmers are scared that people are going to hang out and listen to those stories they're going to lose interest etc but that that, that that has not been the case as you point out with public radio they have been willing to stay and listen so yeah because their numbers are extraordinary yeah very, very numbers are extraordinary yeah. so so, anyway, we have help for you yeah. on your portfolio anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Please feel free to call us at 855-935-TALK. Just a few other things, a few other educational things you might want to look out for that we do uh, and don't make money. Just We don't make real investing journal. Do oh, we true. make money on real investing mm, journal? I don't know. You no, know that better than I do. It's a money loser. Yeah, okay. Trust me, it's a money loser. But real investing journal is $25 for two years. Oh, what's the deadline on the article I'm working on? Like yesterday. Oh, okay. I got about half of it done. It's pretty good. Tomorrow. Pretty good. I'll give you till yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, once I'm done with the egg roll tomorrow, I'll move right to it. Not a problem. It's not going to take long. They're just mm. going to roll off into the woods. Okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Find the last year survivor. Yeah, exactly. Feed the coyotes, <laughs> exactly. whatever is out there. Uh, but Real Investing Journal is one of the things we do. Check it out at realinvestingjournal.com. And uh, please uh, check out my other podcast. It's money30.com. Tom and Don are talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.